Have you ever seen the video, like the viral videos of the babies, like infant babies? Not like they don't like grass, <laughs> so their parent will oh hold God. them like above the grass, bring them okay. down, like they're gonna touch their feet to the grass, and then the baby. Uh-huh. I'm not kidding you. The baby will do like a Olympic, <laughs> like Olympic gymnast thing with their legs, just like flail out to the side, <laughs> like they're doing like that pummel horse thing, or the the, the rings, you know, where the the Olymp- yeah. yeah, the baby's legs will just do like, splits. Or like it's doing like a martial arts <laughs> move. They hate grass. They don't Is like that all babies. It. I don't know if it's all it's... babies, but I've seen enough viral videos and stuff around the internet about like articles about what's with the babies not liking grass. Oh, that's weird. I don't know if it's just that it's a new thing and it's like touches their like its feel or tech. I don't know if it's texture. Who knows? It could be. Yeah, I think it might be just because like grass unless it's like new grass you know if you cut it it gets kind of sharp so they're just kind of like i don't like this texture I don't know. but if they haven't touched it before that's kind of weird it's just you gotta kinda... look up the videos it's hilarious <laughs> and if any listeners know why the babies don't like grass touching their feet please write in and tell me let me google it i think it's just so cute <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing i picked him why why don't babies the first thing is that like grass, grass. <laughs> So see, it, people know, people wonder. Yeah, it says the prickly, prickly texture and feel of grass is far different than softer and more comfortable feeling like carpet, mm-hmm. tile, and wood surfaces on their feet. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just got such a little odd. Pet, little... They're like, <laughs> yeah, it looks. It rem- it just kind of reminded me of if you have like a smaller dog, and you put the dog <laughs> over like a like a tub, like a tub of water. Yeah, I used to do this with my Pomeranian. Yeah. Put her over like the sink filled with water and they would just <laughs> you try to and then immediately they just start like moving their little legs like Yeah. Paddling. Also it's like a it's an instinct for them to do that. Yeah. Water. But I would just like to see how little water I could put her over. And then she would <laughs> start like doing a- that or how far away from the water and she would start doing oh, that. Boy. I thought it was so interesting. Did you ever use like a like a teaspoon or something like that? Like just like a small little puddle or something? Um, I think it's like I think I don't know if this is true or not. I think if they can see the bottom, then they won't. Like a shallow puddle. You mean like a shallow puddle? Well, like if it's like clear water from like your um your tub or sink or something, couldn't they see the bottom of that? I I always had bubbles in it, so oh maybe that's it. I don't know. Hmm, Again, if anybody knows the answer to that, tell me. <laughs> instinct like i mean she's not gonna react to a cup of water or anything like you can't i think some dogs have i think i've seen videos of some dogs that they put over a cup of water well like maybe like a chihuahua that weighs like two pounds yeah i think it was like small dogs oh my god small dog yeah so nervous to own a chihuahua (laughs) i wouldn't want to step on it yeah that's what i'd be afraid of because i would not want to step on it Cause I accidentally did step on a loo, my Pomeranian <laughs> once, and I felt like the worst person in the entire world. Mm. But I mean, she would. It was so weird. I was going down the steps to our basement, like family room area. So the mm-hmm. stairway is completely dark. I can't see oh, anything. No. And she was randomly laying at the bottom on the tile, like the very bottom <laughs> of the steps. So I like, stepped down, and then I didn't use all my weight, you know. Yeah. But like, yeah, because all of a sudden I felt like, uh, and then she went, fluffy. you know, fluffy, and then she yelped, oh, and then I was like, oh. I was like, my baby. Oh, poor thing. And then I was. But she didn't lay there ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she did. Oh, I felt so bad. I mean, yeah. yeah. I saw I saw a post that makes me feel so bad. It was like someone compared to like a dog sleeping by your bed, and you accidentally kick him when. Like oh. they're sleeping and you accidentally kick them. They're like, they think you just woke up to kick them. I was like, oh, no. no. That's so sad. Oh my I was like, gosh. oh, that makes me feel horrible. I used so I used to flail around and when I slept at night, like okay. roll and like whip stuff and kick. Yeah. And then I started letting my dog sleep with me. And she liked to sleep, like nestled up to me, like by like my hip area, like my butt. Right there, like okay. nestled up. And mm-hmm. that's how she slept. Like you could try and move her to the foot of the bed, but she would still make her way there. So mm-hmm. I think I trained myself to like sleep like a mummy. <laughs> so I don't I don't flail anymore. I think I was so terrified of like fl- like you know, like yeeting her across her. the room. <laughs> Just yeet her across the room. <laughs> what the heck, man? Yeah. So that's why now I just sleep like a mummy. I still do it, even though she passed away. I still sleep like a mummy. 
Are you ever going to get another Pomeranian? Yeah, I I, every single day I show Mr. Kendra videos or pictures <laughs> of Pomeranians, and he says, buy one. And then I you go, should. and then I go, I work, I have a full-time job, no one's here to watch it, you know. But, yeah, I guess that's it's true. It's like yeah. a child. And then, then you try and yeah. figure out, like, solutions, and you say, oh, I could have doggy daycare. You're like, oh, well, that's just, like, an extra expense. And then yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's but you don't want them to be home alone all day. That's just cruel. Well, I don't think it's cruel. Whatever, I mean, you can do what you want with your dog, but I think when they're like babies, they're baby. like still getting used. Yeah, to they'd it. be a baby. That's different than if it's a full-grown dog. Like mm-hmm. they should be able to be home alone. Yeah, while you're at work. Yep. But like if it's a baby, I feel like it should have she, a couple weeks or know, something. Then the, the like a weekend. Yeah, then the little baby dog won't be like potty trained or because it takes like a almost a year. I don't know. I think it takes oh, almost it? a year for a puppy. Like probably oh, like wow. a probably like six months. I don't know. But I think I read once it takes almost a year to like fully potty train a dog. Oh, I didn't know that. But I'm like it, that, that I would have a fourteen year old puppy that just pees everywhere, basically. Yeah, that's the. It's just hard. That's what you should do. Is like how I go. Um, you should design stuff for, like puppies and pomeranians and stuff. Design? What do you mean, like design a dog? No, like toys. Oh, or, like, I thought you meant like become a breeder, or... Kendra. Just design pomeranians. <laughs> no, 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 just like stuff for puppies. That'd be like clothes and toys and beds and you want. You want me to be like the Tommy Hilfiger of Pomeranian clothes or something? <laughs> yes. What? Yes. The Ralph fun. Lauren of Pomeranian clothes? Definitely. Honestly, that'd be kind of a fun title to own. Yeah. Like, what do you do? <laughs> and then I just go like, well, you know, you got, you know, who like Ralph Lauren and Chanel and Louis Vuitton and like all that and Calvin Klein and all those mm-hmm. designers they're like yeah they're like do you work for them or are you like you designer I'm like I'm a designer I'm in with those names and they say what who do you design for and I said did you ever watch the American Kennel Club dog show that was on last year after the Thanksgiving Day parade and they're like <laughs> what I'm like did you see the the per- the Pomeranian that took second place he was wearing me he was wearing my stuff. <laughs> That's pretty great, though. They can't have outfits, though, can they? The dog shows? No. They can't the have. after party. There's after party. They can. Oh, is there? At the after oh party. I'm, I'm sure there's a pre-game, probably like a pre, like, like a pre-bone and cheese and whatever foray <laughs> thing, and then they have the actual show, and they have like after parties, probably. I bet. That makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. That I makes bet. Sense. That'd be cute if you could have like all the dogs like cute little outfits and just like on a red carpet. It's, like that'd be cute. Honestly, like that whole dog kennel, like weird dog show stuff, creeps me out because the animal that's like the best, mm-hmm. the best in show, is usually just inbred to crap. Like yeah. it's just so inbred. They're like, oh, he comes from this line and that line. Oh, it's a purebred, a hundred percent purebred. It's and so then you look it at too. it, it's like cross-eyed and it's all like with its snout and it's like, kill me, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in so much pain. It's so bad. Yeah. And that's the winner. Welcome to the Foolish Wanderers Podcast. Why must I be surrounded by fools? Welcome, Wanderer. Oh, I gotta tell you this funny thing I, I saw on Reddit. Okay. It's super funny. Okay. So, um, what celebrity died in a totally silly way that could have easily been avoided? Pythagoras. So, do you know, the everybody knows the Pythagorean theorem, right? That you learned yeah. the very useless thing that I've never learned since. <laughs> Or not learned, used. Used, yeah. Used. I haven't learned about it since either, probably. Yeah, not either. But I wish I knew how to do, you know, save money and taxes and all that jazz, but didn't. We actually so. learned how to, like, write checks and stuff in middle school. I did that, but, but okay, you know, I wanted to learn voice. more stuff, like how to be, you know, Pythagorean. Yeah. Anyway, Pythagoras is a dummy, all right? Okay. This is why. So... Pythagoras was chased by a group of men who wanted to kill him. 
He actually Ooh. he actually ran them all and got away until he reached a fava bean field. It was part of his teachings that fava beans were unclean, so he refused to enter the field and was caught and murdered. What's a fava bean? <laughs> just like oh, it's just like a. I just okay. The only other thing I've ever heard of a fava bean is in the Silence of the Lambs. Oh, and then Hannibal Lecter's talking, and he's like, "I want to eat you with some fava beans and a nice bottle of Chianti," and he goes like. <laughs> So that's the only time I ever heard fava beans before, but it's just okay. like a bean. <laughs> it's just like a little green, like a green-looking bean. Oh, like a lima bean. Yeah, like a lima bean. But I guess they were unclean, and he couldn't go through the field, so they just killed him. So there you go. Interesting. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> hey, it's a legend. Yeah. But like, it's legend. look at so this. <laughs> this is not hundred percent written, but it's, it's probably what happened. It's 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 all over the place. Oh no! Could you imagine being outwitted by a bean? Um, I thought uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I feel like at that point, though, like I'd still run. I'd still try. I still like. Oh, of course. Oh, there's some. Okay, so on the Scientific American, science mm-hmm. like researchers. So somebody's researched this. Um, okay. somebody has a theory that he Pythagoras might have <laughs> suffered from favism. <laughs> An allergic-like reaction that occurs when certain individuals are exposed to fava beans. Oh, so he had like a skin irritation to him? Yeah, so fa- oh. favism. It reminded me, it's spelled like that foism or something, like the um, art movement. Um, but anyway, so favism <laughs> is a hereditary disease found worldwide, but it is most prevalent in the Mediterranean, which is Pythagoras is Greek. So Mediterranean, oh, okay. that area. Um, the red blood cells of individuals with favism lack G6PD, an enzyme needed to break down peptide glutathione. Oh my lord, I don't know if I said that right. <laughs> Not a scientist, people. I'm a designer. Since this substance is present in fava beans, the exposure to fava beans or even their pollen can trigger fevers, jaundice, hemolytic anemia, and death. So he was gonna die. He was gonna die either way. So it's like suck it up and run through those beans. Find the find the closest. What's so? What's the Pythagorean theorem? Isn't like trying to find the closest. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. So it's trying to find the closest or nearest line to any object. Is that what the hell it's about? It's the figuring out it. Um. The length of a triangle. Well, he should have pretty freaking done that and figured it out and run through that fiber bean field. God, why are we learning about math? <laughs> yeah, you learn about everything on our podcast. I hate math so much. It's only because I'm not good at it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> the mathematical law that states that the sum of squares of the lengths of the two short sides of the right triangle is equal to the square of the length of the hypotenuse. So you're basically finding the length of the hypotenuse, the long side, from the two shorter sides of the right angle triangle. All that blew over my head. But anyways, <laughs> all I know that if I came across a, f- a fava bean field and I had an allergic reaction and people were trying to kill me, I would definitely book it through that field. You'd probably try it, but they'd still chase you. I don't know. Would it be worth... They're going to murder you. Like, you're going to get Either pummeled. Way, you're you're get pummeled. <laughs> so it's like you're going to get pummeled to death. Or you're going to die from an allergic, potentially die from an allergic reaction. That's true. Potentially. So it's like. could have survived. It's it's really like, uh, I'm going to take the allergic reaction, I think. Unless they followed him and caught up to him anyways. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you're right. Just kill (laughs) you while you're having, yeah, just curb stomp you as you're having an allergic reaction. You're like, oh, please. That'd be awful. Oh, that'd suck. Oh, man. What did he do to deserve that? Like, what? I kind of want to know what happened. But I bet he just tried to. to I bet he just want. He was just trying to push math on everybody. <laughs> oh, another thing I found that was funny mm-hmm. is the word for a young pig. Okay, wait. As a word piglet. for a young pig, the word piglet dates back to the mid 1800s. Okay. Okay. So before then, a young pig, a baby pig, might be called a hogling. <laughs> it sounds like a Harry Potter house. Hogling. <laughs> that's from the fourteenth that's from the fourteenth century. Oh wow. Okay, here's another one. A poor cat. <laughs> that's so cute. That's so cute. From the fifteen fifties. A hog a hog babe. 
which is from the 1600s. Not as good. And then a Gruntling, which is from the 1680s. I think I've heard that before, too. A Gruntling. Gruntling. I think my favorite one's Porquette. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's Bobby D Mm -hmm. and the Porquettes singing the 50s swing (laughs) songs. I just remember it was like... Um, I don't, did you ever see the Claudia the Chance of Meatballs movies, the animated ones? Uh, maybe the first one. And I just saw oh, okay. like the clip that where it's like, there's a leak in the boat. And they yeah. go, what? <laughs> and then it's an actual, the vegetable leak. And it yeah. screams. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a part in that one, the second one. It's um, So there's this like a butter toad. What? It, it's a frog that looks like a pat of butter. That's cute. And then, yeah. And then there's what they call mesquite toast. It's mosquito, but toast for wings. No. And so <laughs> I just remember, because like when you said porkette, I just think of the scene where the frog Pork. is like, butter. And then the what? mosquito comes, the frog, the bu- the butter frog, he just go he ribbits like, butter. And then the mosquito toast comes and drinks all of his blood. So he shrinks down. He goes, Porque. <laughs> he says porque. That means porque. That means why in Spanish. Porque. Porque. Yeah, that means porque. why. Porque is uh, margarine. It's a margarine brand. Porque. What? Yeah, mar- it's a butter substitute. Wait, there's a butter substitute <laughs> called. Wait, no, porque is porque because or why in Spanish? Whatever. Porque is parque. Parque. P A R. Is the butter. Wait, what the hell? Why did this. Re- why did a porquette remind you? Why did a baby pig remind you of this movie? <laughs> because por- porquette. So I was like, porque. <laughs> How the heck did we get here, people? We're literally talking about a movie from like 2010. Yeah, yeah it, it's great. What in it's the great. heck? No, 2009. <laughs> You're talking about an obscure movie that they yeah. took from a child's book and they just yep. like completely stretched. Okay, the chi- the children's book is like two pages long and then and like somehow they somehow they were able to make like an hour and a half movie out of like a two-page book. Two of them. Two of them? There's two movies? Oh my gosh. Did you watch this? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you was a, was a middle school. So you don't like the book, but you watched you like the movie. I think it's just the art style. The art style of the book's creeping out as a kid. What's the art style? Here, I'll play the, the here's the How okay. are we talking? Okay, look at this. This is the butter. You pulled up the clip. I'm watching the clip. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm talking Ready? about baby pigs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god thank you katrina i never have to see that movie now because you showed me the whole you're welcome thank and there's a talking strawberry and a leak that hides out in their boat i saw the leak <laughs> i already said i saw the leak yeah what's wrong with this art thing. style it's cool they use a lot of cross hatching to do shading i don't know i just i don't i've never liked what it. i know it's creeping me out i love cross hatching that's how we do we, I well, that's not how we do, but that's how a lot of printmakers do block printing, like relief carving. They use mm-hmm. cross, you know, cross hatching, yeah, and an etching too. I mean, that's what you use to do shading. That's that's cool. Well, Let me see the one that you're looking at. I guess I'm gonna stay away from cross hatching then. Why? Because <laughs> I don't like yeah, it. You don't like it. I didn't say I didn't like cross hatching. I don't know why. I think it's just because I guess like when I was read it as a little kid, I was just like afraid of like things falling on my house and like the ominous ending of like no one knows what happened to the island kind of a thing and like because it filled uh, up with food. Yeah. I think that's what I didn't like as a kid, so it just kind of carried over into adulthood. <laughs> You're traumatized then, by the. A little- <laughs> <laughs> by the island of food you have trauma from yeah. the island of food from cloudy and the chance of meatballs you know yep. what i have trauma from if you give a mouse a cookie did you really no i oh. don't <laughs> well, i don't know It'd be funny if i did i think i have that book oh still. my god i bet my mom has it somewhere in <laughs> some box if you give a mouse a cookie hey wanderers welcome back to the foolish wanderers podcast the podcast about anything and everything Today, we're talking about the Georgia Guidestones. Cool. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Big rocks. Big creepy 
monolithic rocks. Big giant rocks. I guess let's just get into it then. Okay. Have you heard of the Georgia Guidestones before? I kind of feel like I've seen it in passing and just kind of was like, oh, that's creepy next. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of of was like, I don't care to be freaked out in like apocalyptic nightmares. So it could. Okay. So it could be apocalyptic nightmares, but it could also not be. Nobody really knows for sure what they're for, but there's like a consensus that they are for to help guide society in case of like a po- post-apocalyptic thing, like to rebuild society. So that's what okay. that's what people like. How I learned about these is I saw them on it on Reddit. Oh really? Yeah, it was just like a screenshot, and it was like these stones are for are guides for to help rebuild civilization in case of a post-apocalyptic breakdown of society. So I was like, oh, weird. Sick. Sick. (laughs) So then I just got, I sort of got into this. But they are real, so now they're kind of just like this creepy roadside attraction in the middle of the state of Georgia in the United States. So you can like drive up and read them? Yeah, you can read them. It'd be kind of creepy too, but (laughs) <laughs> just stand there. Yeah. It's like, hey, family, we're gonna go on a road trip. <laughs> we're gonna go read apocalyptic guide rules in the middle of Georgia. Woo, Woo. peanut country. Oh. <laughs> they have a lot, don't they? They have like a lot of peanuts there. Peanut farms. Do they? Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Carter, the old United States president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was peanut farmer. Oh, okay. yeah, in Georgia. from Georgia. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, we're getting back to the Doomsday Stonehenge. That's what the Georgia Guidestones have been called. Oh, Stonehenge? Uh, like okay. Doomsday Stone Stonehenge. Or they've been called okay. like the United States Stonehenge, but I'm like, no, don't call it That's that. Don't good. call it that. Carhenge is better. <laughs> or I just call it like 20 feet of granite. But so this <laughs> odd, mysterious monument, it's located 90 miles east of Atlanta. So like a huge day trip. So instead of visiting the beautiful city of Atlanta with all its culture and music and they've got the Coca-Cola headquarters, you can go Ooh. taste all the Cokes from around the world, you can go drive, you know, 90 miles to the middle of nowhere to see this doomsday m- monument. So it also, I just learned this like the other day about when I was reading, doing research about these things. They mm. have a, a lot of like, other weird features. So they have a built-in channel in the rock that indicates the celestial pole, and uh, which is a horizontal slot that shows the annual travel of the sun. And it has a system that's able to mark noontime throughout the year. So every time it gets to noon, the sun will beat in through like this little hole. I don't, oh. yeah, it's like, like a certain hole, and then it like lights up the or underneath the guidestones in the center. In the center, makes like a spotlight interesting yeah so the person that was hired to make this they got help from the university of georgia they got some astronomers and physics people to help figure this out Mm. do some ancient egyptian stuff (laughs) because the ancient egyptians would do stuff like this too in their monuments as well they'd have like like marker yeah markers and and, yeah so like uh, like obelisks and stuff they would have it like oh on this certain day to mark this day like this certain and like special day the sun will Mm -hmm. be exactly here oh yeah stuff like that yep so we're gonna get into this this thing okay so i'm gonna set the scene it's a warm day in june in the year of 1979 when a well-dressed gray-haired man under the pseudonym of rc christian he entered Elberton County, Georgia. So this stone is technically in Elberton, which is a small, like again, a small town, middle of Georgia, but it's mm-hmm. not in the city. It's like in the middle of nowhere on some farmland. So it's technically Elberton County, Georgia. Okay. So he approached the Elberton Granite Finishing Corporation. So another fun fact, Elberton, Georgia is considered the cap United States capital of granite. So that's mm. what they do. They do granite. That's cool. <laughs> I get, yeah, that's cool. It's cool to be known for something. I mean, like, where else would you go then to build this thing? <laughs> I, Egypt? I don't know. But it's Greece? the U.S., right? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so he goes into the Albert the Elberton Granite Finishing Corporation, he meets President Joe H. Fendley Sr. about 
the potential cost of building a monument of, and he says, substantial size. Okay. <laughs> and he explains, R.C. Christian explains that he represented a small group of loyal Americans. And then he says, this is a quote, who were foreign to Georgia and had been working on a 20 year long project as a message for future generations. Um, I don't like that. Isn't that kind of creepy? That's really creepy. I don't like that. And like, so this is like 1979. It's in the middle of like the summer, June, well, not the middle of summer, but anyway, June, summer, hot. <laughs> it's in Georgia. You're in the South. This yeah. guy in the yep. suit just enters like the small town, like, and nobody knows who he is. And if you grew up in a small town, everybody knows who everybody is. For the most part. For the yeah. most part. Yeah. For the most part. And it's kind of weird already wearing a suit in the middle of June, going in, being a stranger, walking into this little town. And being yeah. like, I have a project of substantial size. <laughs> and, and then say that creepy message. Okay. All right. So, yeah, 20-year-long project that they are apparently working on. So, R.C. Christian explained that the stones would function as a compass, calendar, yeah. and clock. And should be capable of with. This is another quote that he said. Like, that allegedly he said. Of withstanding catastrophic events. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Joe Fenley of Elberton Granite assumed that Christian was, quote, a nut, end quote, <laughs> and attempted to discourage him by providing a quote for the commission, which was several times higher than any project the company had previously taken on. I mean, makes sense. Makes sense. Like... Plus, you don't even know if this guy has money or not. That's true, yeah. Like... And also... Um, Fenley said that the guidestones will require additional tools and consultants because he wants a compass and a calendar and a clock and all this other stuff built into it. Yeah, that's a lot of weird. I'd be I'd be really sketched out if I was commissioned to do this. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this Fenley, Joe Fenley, he tries to discourage him being like, this is a quote, like, this is crazy, but here we go. <laughs> like, trying to be like, leave, don't do this. <laughs> and to Fenley's surprise, R.C. Christian accepted the quote. So Fenley immediately put him in touch with his banker, Wyatt C. Martin, who found the Elberton like, in the Elberton Bank. So uh, both men were then sworn to secrecy to never reveal who R.C. Christian was. So R.C. Christian had all this money. Like he really did have money. And he gave it okay. to the bank and everything was set up. Okay. So they're like, oh, okay. So if you have a small bit, like a small business, and this guy just gives you an exorbitant amount of money to do this kind of like weird project, like something you've never mm -hmm. done before. But I mean, you'd probably take it, right? I feel like for the most part, you take it unless it's something like, you know, is going to end up bad, like going to hurt a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I feel like you'd take it, which this doesn't seem like it's ever hurt anybody. Yeah. So, but it's kind of creepy that they were sworn to secrecy to never reveal who R.C. Christian was. Yeah, that's the... It kind of makes me wonder, too, like, if he was even real or if this was just, like, a big hoax kind of thing. Mm, good point. So then, this is where our story gets a little bit weird. I mean, it's already weird, but weirder. <laughs> just a little bit, yeah. So Christian delivered a scale model of the Guidestones and 10 pages of specifications. Okay. That's a lot. Okay. So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I don't so basically, R.C. Christian wanted this monument to be in the center of something. They were really, in the specifications, it was really like, it has to be in the center of the specific area. And uh, since, um, what's his name? Joe Fenley, he convinced Christian to just buy this farmland, like this area of like five acres of farmland outside of the town of Elberton because otherwise he's gonna have to bring all these stones. He you know, like traveling cost and moving and like shipping and moving, like that's gonna be a lot. So he convinces yeah. him like, hey, just do it here. Oh, also this area is considered the center of Georgia and it was called <laughs> this by the Native Americans who used to live here. So he just convinces him okay. to stay in outside of Elberton, Georgia. And he also sort of thought, hey, this might be like a cool roadside attraction, bringing tourists and money. The town's going to love this. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll reserve my judgment. <laughs> <laughs> so he can, okay, so the, yeah, he convinces him to buy a five acre, that's two hectares for our, our non-American friends who, the rest of the world <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> anyway else. yeah so they got a site 
that was purchased on October 1st, 1979 from a farm farm owner, Wayne Mullinex. And Mullinex and his children were given lifetime cattle grazing rights on the Guidestone site. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So on March 22nd, 1980, the monument was unveiled before an audience. And so it was like 100 to 400 people came and there were camera crews and all this other stuff. A lot of excitement. And then later on, Christian later transferred ownership of the land and the guides and the guidestones to Albert County. So the Albert County owns it now. But oh. it was never revealed who the heck that RC Christian guy is. Like nobody knows. Kinda weird. So the whole thing is it wasn't really well what it wasn't taken in well by well received by the townspeople and like the surrounding people of Georgia. Okay. There was a People have said it was like del- devil worship and <laughs> satanic stuff and, you know, all that stuff. And then the Satanists came out and then like the Baptists came out and they were like <laughs> devil worship, you know. Well, when you talk about doomsday stuff and it, it's like the end of yeah, the world, of course, it, it's going it to some... it's gonna become pol- polarizing and, you know, controversial. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. yeah. Um but the farmer, who did I say that their name is? The farmer, the Mullinexes, they did say that they allegedly have seen like weird stuff taken, like rituals being done by, they think like Wiccans or witches or something, or maybe emos in the morning <laughs> while they have their cattle. Remember they have cattle grazing mm-hmm. rights? They said mm-hmm. that they have seen weird stuff. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, I guess. Yeah, like, if it's this you build giant it, they will come. That- yeah, like if it's this apocalyptic monument, there's gonna be people that are gonna go there, like check it out, or yeah, do something. So have rituals or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these Georgia guidestones are four giant rough edge stones, granite, and they encircle a center slab with a capstone balancing on top, and they weigh 119 tons. Oof. Yeah, and yeah, so a local pastor. When immediately professed his belief that the stones were built for cult and de- devil worship again, yep, because of its <laughs> similar appearance to Stonehenge. So yes, they don't people like but, they don't like Stonehenge because Stone. We don't we really don't know what Stonehenge was built for. Some people think it's a exactly, calendar. Yeah. Some people think it's again devil worship or paganism or sacrificial rites stuff were done there. Whatever you want to think. So, I thought it was supposed to be like a clock because like the sun lines up with it at a certain time. Or I've heard like it's, yeah. it's supposed to like celebrate like a festival every year. It's like the solstice of like summer, or fall, or whatever. I've heard that too. Or, so but I don't know. We could do an episode about it, but I, yeah, we could in the future. Okay, <laughs> so on each side of the we're, right now we're doing Georgia guidestones. So okay, <laughs> <Just> a <little laughs> it's a little different. On each still some devil worship, but a little different devil worship <laughs> in America. So on each side of the capstone, engraved in they're engraved in four ancient languages, where the words "Let these guidestones be an age of reason," and written in eight languages: English, Russian, Mandarin, Arabic, Classic Hebrew, Swahili, Hindi, and Spanish. There, crit, there were cryptic instructions for rebuilding society post doomsday, and here are the instructions. Okay, these are not my instructions. These are <laughs> the guidestones instructions. Okay, they're kind of creepy. Number one, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Two, guide reproduction wisely, impro- improving fitness and diversity. Three, unite humanity with a living new language. Four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Five, Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Ten, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature leave room for nature so they repeated leave room for nature twice i wasn't like trying to like be all dramatic and be, oh. yeah. but so the, so if you can guess 
Katrina, out of any of these weird rules, what rule do people dwell on and repeat the most? <laughs> the first one. The, fir- the, f- the first oh, rule. The first, the first one. I was going to say the last one because it <laughs> repeats itself. <laughs> the first rule what? literally keep people, like the human population, under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. So right now, if I'm mistaken, the the world population is seven billion people. Yeah, that's... So that's the one that people talk about the most is being like, okay. what the heck? It, what 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 is this for? It's just so creepy. What's the population of the U.S. right now? It's three hundred and seventy million, I think. Okay. So yeah, maybe. So you're are you trying to think? Than the US. So are you just tr- trying to like, gauge like the size okay. of like, you, how many people that would be? Okay, are you trying to think like maybe? Oh, the five hundred million supposed to that maybe they're talking about the United States or something? Or well, I'm just like no, I'm just like trying to figure out like how many people in like like how many people that would be like in general? Because just kind of trying to compare it to something that I roughly would kind of understand. Mm-hmm. Going down to that many is kind of terrifying. And it's also weird that they picked like certain like eight languages. Yeah. Like, why did they pick these eight languages and not other? You know, other ones. It could be because those are like the so like you said. So it was like Russian, English, Chinese, or Mandarin. Mandarin. Like Spanish. Like Spanish is one of the biggest languages. Mandarin Chinese is the big, yeah, and then Mandarin it's Chinese. and then it's Spanish, then it's English. Yeah. Yeah. So like. I think, at least in my head, what I can see with that is, like, those are the main languages that are spoken. Or, like, if, like, even if it, there's a lot of, like, smaller languages, like, people don't speak them as much, like, they can understand at least pieces of those languages. Mm-hmm. Like, it can be lumped into those specific ones. So that's, I guess, how I can wrap my head around those languages. Plus, you can't, like, write every single language. It's just, like, like a creep. It's just, honestly, to me, it just kind of feels like a creepy, like, Rosetta Stone. Like a creepy doomsday. It's the doomsday Rosetta Stone. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Another weird thing is that it references the age of reason. So that would... So on the Guidestones, age of reason, all those letters are capitalized. So that just would um, reference the age of enlightenment, which was from 1715 to 1789. And that was like a dominant, like intellectual and phys- like philosophical movement, like mm-hmm. of like new ideas that spread throughout Europe, with like Francis Bacon and Isaac Newton and those guys. And then also another thing is the rise of Masonic lodges, which brings me to who is R. C. Christian. What does R.C. Christian stand for? Remember, it's a pseudonym, apparently. Um, Christian Rosencross or Christian Rosecross. So the Rosencross is a legendary character that founded the Order of the Rose Cross, And he quickly became one of the most important and mysterious figures of the time. And he blended Christianity with some teaching teachings of Arab and Persian sages. So that Order of the Rose Cross is like the beginning of the Freemasons. Oh, okay. So, so- people think that this R.C. Christian is... The like a member of the Freemasons, and the Freemasons built this, or paid money to build this. But it's weird that they wouldn't have Freemasons build this because a mace, like a Freemason, well, mm. used to be a stonemason. Yeah, that's true. Like trained in the art of stonemasonry. Unless they, so are you saying that like the Rose Cross is just like a branch of like the stonemason? It's like, like the pre. Mason? Freemasons, so they will eventually become Freemasons. Okay, so could it? I wonder if it's just kind of like a branch of it that just like they didn't want to go to like a one of their own, I guess, to build it. Maybe they like didn't have the same. Do they have the same views as the Freemasons? I have no idea. I think things have definitely been changed. All I could (laughs) like find is that they, yeah, things have definitely been been changed. Okay. Ba- yeah, we will never know who the heck R.C. Christian is because Joe H. Fenley Sr., remember the guy that was in charge of building this thing, mm-hmm. he said they could put a gun to my head and kill me. I'll never, I will never reveal his real name. What if he was one of the Freemasons? Like, what if Finley was 
He was. He's been accused (laughs) of being that. I mean, like when he gets to this level, like you kind of think like you will be lumped in with that. Mm -hmm. He could be. Could not. I mean, that makes sense, right? Because like they chose him in the middle of Georgia. They put this out in the middle of nowhere, but like he could very well be like a member of this and like no one would know and that's why he's so sworn to secrecy is because he's trying to protect the other members i think i remember this right i could be wrong but the other um rival granite company they started spreading the rumor like oh he's part of it he's like a devil worshiper to try and tank his business i mean with like all the people like opposing it yeah that that makes sense Mm -hmm. too like (laughs) do what you can to make your business better but yeah so it's a mystery and we'll never know probably ever know what it really is for i don't think i want to live to that age to know what it's for i don't think i do either it's very creepy (laughs) and i kind of wonder too like what if what if nobody like if the internet didn't exist right so like if no one knew besides words of mouth that this thing existed how would you even know like if this end times happened to go there to find this thing I don't know. Oh, I forgot another thing. So this has um, a time capsule. Really? But it says to be opened on. Oh, I don't like this. It doesn't have a date. Oh, really? Yeah, the date hasn't been filled in. And Joe Fenley, the builder, said that R.C. Christian never gave him anything to put in it. And there wasn't any signs of it ever being anything's in there or like construction around it. Like, can you, just, you like see the time capsule or is yeah it, like, there's not the... yeah you can see the stone that says this is a time to capsule it should be opened on this day and there's not a date oh, but okay. there isn't any um there's not a real time capsule in there it's just a plaque huh yes but maybe they're just waiting until things get bad enough and they're like open this then mm-hmm. <laughs> other conspiracy theories think like the again freemasons did this and the united nations so the UN. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was a little bit out there. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, here's another conspiracy theory. Ted Turner could be involved. So, do you know who Ted Turner is? No. He's the owner of TNT and TBS. Turner Classic. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. yeah. Ted Turner, like okay. a billionaire. So many locals around the stone believe Ted Turner built the structure. The room quote, the rumor here is that Ted Turner built them, jives with a lot of his beliefs, his big money, and his absolutely zany personality. End quote. And the guy the guy who said that preferred to stay anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> my, so my accusation is so far out there, don't say my name. I'm no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going off with little straws here, just grasping at straws. Mm-hmm. But Yoko Ono, you know who Yoko Ono is, right? No. John led um from the Beatles. John Lennon, his okay. his wife, uh, his wife oh, Yoko. Um, Remember the, so the um term you're breaking up the band Yoko. Mm-mm. Okay. So yo anyway, Yoko Ono is John Lennon's wife. So she is a supporter of the Stones and she said the words are a quote, quote a stirring call to rational thinking, end quote. The calls she refers to are the instructions for basic concepts required to rebuild civilization following a nuclear doomsday. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of out there. She's she's pretty out there. It sounds like it. Yeah. She doesn't. She's like an artist and does. You know, okay. Yeah. She's like a. She's a performance artist. That oh, sort okay. of. Yeah. That sort of artist. Not painting, but performance art. Okay. So anyway, at the end of the day, there's two. There's two groups of belief for doomsday stonehenge either you believe it's to help guide people through a nuclear doomsday or like a cult structure used for pagan rituals and devil worship (sighs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know how to feel about this it's like i mean you break it down and like some of them seem like the very like obvious things to do to like start up civilization again Mm -hmm. and like protect people with nations and nations with fair law and just courts like yeah that makes sense i just some of it seems very controlling and kind of creepy i don't know yeah the so like since the um monument was made it has been like vandalized a lot and people have like thrown epoxy onto the slabs and somebody once covered the whole thing with black fabric and they paint spray paint all over it and like again and like locals say that witchcraft has taken place at the stones allegedly and so they're not liked (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. Like, yeah. one of the things I liked was a guy, like, a local guy said, like, a bunch of teenagers showed up dressed in all black, and they had buckets of chicken blood. So, Ew. I just picture, like, a bunch <laughs> of emos listening to, like, My Chemical Romance, like, crying and just throwing chicken blood on these things. Oh, that's so gross, though. Yeah. No. But some other people think it's, like, the holiest spot on Earth. So, this guy named Hudson Cone, um, he says people think it's it has some, like, mystical um, energy to it. Um, I mean, do what you want, but just don't don't force people to believe your creepy <laughs> apocalyptic mm-hmm. rituals. And I keep hearing, too, like, the um, the warnings about, like, with their global warming and everything, like... Doomsday will be like in 2050 or whatever because then we won't have enough supplies or like clean air and oh, water man. to take care of ourselves. And so I'm like, so we have to literally do something now, otherwise, it's gonna happen. So that makes us even creepier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that kept that kept popping, popping up like in the news and like on in articles and everything. It's yeah, so, I, yeah, maybe we'll be using these things sooner than we think. Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. We'll just leave it there. All right, should we go into my happy palate cleanser? Yes. <laughs> okay. Make it happy. So I found one of my new favorite websites. It's called allthatsinteresting.com. It's pretty great. They have a lot of really cool like science and history articles. And like it's pretty fun to click through. One of the articles that I found was really cute. So there's this geologist, Mike Bowers of California. He basically, he bought this stone I think it was an agate. It looked kind of like a geo, but it was like a very elongated geo-looking thing. Mm-hmm. He bought it from Brazil, and it shipped it to him. And then he cracked it open, and the inside looks like Cookie Monster. Like an exact from the, copy of from Cookie Sesame Monster. Sesame Street. From Sesame Street, yeah. It really does look like him. It's, it's cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's like it's bright. So to describe it, so like the rock itself was like an oblong, kind of like a football shape. It was really small, though. It was like four inches by like two inches tall. Anyways, he cracked it open lengthwise. And it's blue on the inside, like Cookie Monster blue. And then <laughs> and there's two circles at the top that form to look like eyes that are white with holes in the middle. So it looks like it has pupils. And then in the middle of this blue part, there's what looks like a smile that has like little crystals in it. It's like open. It has crystals like in it, like a, a, like a geode kind of would have. It's so cute. I like his smile. Know. It's so cute. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It made me smile. It's like, that's a really cute. What is he going to do with it? It's posted online. Yeah, I think it was earlier this year that he bought it. Um, but people have offered to buy it for like ten thousand dollars. Oh my like, god! <laughs> well, it's like a one of a. It's incredible. It's a, such sell a likeness it. of this creature. I sell it. I maybe sell one side of it, but I keep the other side. Make twenty grand. That's... Sell it. <laughs> no, I keep half of it. It's so cute. That, rem- that reminds me of like. Uh... Like Jesus Cheetos, or when like, <laughs> like a peace, like, it, like a peace stain looks like the Virgin Mary or something. <laughs> yeah, or I've heard toast, but to- no. yeah. How much did that Jesus Cheeto sell for? <laughs> Do you remember question. that? I remember and that. It didn't yeah. even it like on like it didn't even look like Jesus. She was like, oh, no. it looks like the um uh, you know in rio rio de janeiro with the giant jesus spread out yeah she's yep. like it looks like that it didn't it doesn't no. it looked like an iud like <laughs> birth control thing huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looked but, like but cheeto form i don't know i've seen so many of those things like on like was it craigslist or like ebay or whatever and there's so many jokes about it, like people walking by and just eating this chip that supposedly looks like a dog oh or something. Oh my gosh! Like, oh, it's no. But this one, I'll leave a. I'll put a picture. This, of it. yeah, this one actually looks like Cookie Monster. This looks like Cookie Monster. Yeah, I'll put a picture of it up on um on Instagram, so you guys can check it out. And I'll also leave the the link to this website so you guys can check check it out, read the article and stuff. Oh my gosh, but. Katrina! I'm looking at um like people or animal shaped. Cheetos now that are famous. <laughs> there was a okay. there's a Harambe Cheeto. So do you remember Harambe, that gorilla yeah. from the Ohio Zoo yeah. that was and he became a meme? Okay. So the Harambe Cheeto sells for nearly a hundred thousand dollars. Are you serious? I'm people are dead people serious. Are only, people are only offering this guy ten thousand dollars for this. It really looks like Cookie one. Monster. It does. This it's so doesn't cute. even look like this Cheeto looks like a a Cheeto. It's a Cheeto. <laughs> it's supposed to look like a gorilla? What? 
a certain I can kind of see it, but a specific gorilla, Katrina. Not even a just specific a specific gorilla. gorilla. It's supposed to be karambe. Yeah, they, <gasps> this is what they said. He opened up a bag of flaming hot Cheetos, and as soon as I looked inside, I came across this unique Cheeto that looked like Harambe, the gorilla. And then they sold it. How do you on eBay? How do you just like stop eating your Cheetos and be like, oh, this looks like this thing? I I guess sometimes it kind of does. Like I, you see faces and clouds and like shapes and yeah, clouds. But, I guess you could do that with Cheetos, mm-hmm, but but this isn't actually sell it. I just eat it. That person is the smart <laughs> that person is the smartest person. Can you imagine just finding getting a hundred thousand? We should do that. We, we should, should do that. through a couple thousand bags of Cheetos find and some find stuff. the one. We should. We should. <laughs> That's our new business venture. Here we go. We're gonna start it. Cheeto that looks like John Stamos, here we come. Cheetos are us now on Craigslist. <laughs> eBay. We just sell it on eBay. Just sell it on eBay. Yeah. Let's have a whole store dedicated mm-hmm. to Cheetos. There we go. Hit us up. Thank you so much, Wanderers, for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to send suggestions for future episodes, if you'd like to talk to us, we'd love to hear from you guys. Send us an email at fwplisteners at gmail.com. So if you guys want to check out the photos, I'll post the photos of the guidestones and this awesome cookie monster agate. I will post the photos on Instagram when this episode comes out. Mm-hmm at Foolish Wanderers Podcast, and then check out our YouTube. Subscribe, comment, like our videos on YouTube at Foolish Wanderers Podcast. And our podcast comes out new episodes every single Wednesday on wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, Mm -hmm. except for Google. Except for Google. My brother said that the Hey Alexa, so the last episode we were talking about, um, maybe a couple episodes ago, we were talking about... um, Oh. We're wondering if the Hey Alexa thing works. Like if someone goes, Hey Alexa, from your computer, yep. if it'll like if it, make your other stuff work. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, it does. That's <laughs> it does. So he says, creepy. <laughs> no. That's disturbing. I'm scared. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird. That's weird. Okay. That's weird, people. Yep. Hey Alexa. Play Foolish Wanderers podcast. Do, 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 do. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We're gonna see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Just talking about poor cats. Cats and parque, but border. Parque. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> ay, ay, ay.